Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hi there, you're listening to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm Dallas Travers, and this show is committed to helping purpose-driven coaches build a prosperous business that really aligns with their values. My guest today is Deb Flaschenberg. She owns the Prenatal Yoga Center in New York City. So back when the pandemic first hit, Deb was able to quickly pivot to take her entire studio online. This was no small feat considering that Deb offers prenatal, postnatal classes to pregnant people, plus she runs a yoga teacher certification program. So here we are more than a year later and the world is opening up again. So Deb's been really feeling overwhelmed about how to now bring back her in-person classes without losing the progress that she made online, without incurring a ton of extra expenses, and of course, without burning herself out. So Deb and I walked through a pretty simple process to help her identify her clear priorities and her immediate next steps so that she can indeed bring in-person classes back without feeling stressed. Now, though Deb's business may not look like yours, if you feel stuck in analysis paralysis with so many things you want to do and no clear way to decide what to focus on, you are going to get a ton of value from our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Deb, I'm going to fill everybody in because I was just gushing to you. Deb and I have worked together for three years, right, give or take. And I just adore you so much. And you're such a smart businesswoman, but you've also become a friend of mine. And so today, this is just a treat for me to get to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. I am so, so, so excited. I told my husband, I'm like, I get to talk with Dallas for a while. I had a dream last night, and I don't remember any details except we were on Zoom together. I dreamt about it. I was so excited. So I think it's important for all of our listeners to first get a picture of your business because there are a lot of moving parts, and then we'll dive in to really look at what you want to work on today. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts. I tried to actually explain my business to one of my mom's friends, and they're like, I don't understand everything. So... It started as prenatal yoga center, which it still is. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, it was about serving pregnant folks and new parents and really making the yoga accessible to them that it can help them throughout their pregnancy so they can help their bodies feel balanced and they can have a more functional birth. And of course, alleviate the aches and pains and deal with the anxieties and strengths of needed for, for birth. And then a few years after that, I started to get more into birth work and I became a doula, Mm -hmm. which I loved, and a childbirth educator. And I just kept getting deeper and deeper. So I created a teacher training, which you and I realized at that point, I was starting to have two different businesses. So one for 
the the pregnant person and the new mom and the new parent and then one was for yoga teachers and it was a totally different place and then i started a podcast that's like another side situation and then with covid happening i pivoted everything online I pivoted the teacher training online. Oh, I started with your help. I started some passive income um, courses. So that's another yeah. little business. But that again is to yoga teachers. Yeah. And I pivoted so the teacher trainings online and all the classes are online. Mm-hmm. And still throughout this held on to my New York City yoga studio on the Upper West Side. So now we're looking at pivoting back in person. Yeah. But I don't want to lose my online community. It has been amazing. I had someone, I had two classes back to back. I had one in my postnatal from France, another person in the postnatal tuning in from San Francisco. I had in my morning, and I had a bunch of other people, but like just the fact that it was, and in the morning one, um, I think at 15 people, I had someone tuning in from Italy and someone tuning in from Vancouver. Like the fact that we've now created this worldwide community is something I don't want to lose. So now I feel like I'm going to have my online yeah. business of a pregnant person, a new parent, and yoga teacher, and then my in-person business. And the difficulty that I want to talk to you about today is all my students that I left 14 months ago are no longer necessarily my students because they have their babies. So it's it's now pivoting back. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there mm-hmm. are in that anxiety space of I've gotten comfortable in my COVID bubble. Mm-hmm. I'm coming out of it. And how do I do that? So that's kind of a long rambling yeah. explanation of my business. Yeah. It's so interesting because I remember when you were forced essentially to go online and you had some foundations in place where that was much more graceful for you than other yoga studios but remember how uncertain that felt and how it was was like a shit show and it it was just the energy of like let's get through this and let's make it as swift as possible and now here you are saying to me what you said back then about the in-person studio which is I don't I have this incredible community I don't want to lose it so all of these surprises so just I want to reflect back what I heard and just summarize for our listeners There are two arms of your business. One is certifying prenatal yoga teachers. You've established such a strong reputation that that arm of the business pretty much, it does its thing. It it requires time and energy from you, but the marketing at least feels much more effortless. And do you also feel, are you more comfortable with the idea of transitioning that back to in-person when that happens? Or What I think okay. I want to try to do is, I run about four or five a year. Mm-hmm. I want to try to do one or two still just online. Because what yeah. I know is we did five in a row, which is crazy. And again, we were reaching people all over the world. Like mm-hmm. someone was in Switzerland tuning in. I mean, the hours were wonky because they were long. But the fact that it took away the need to travel, which is an expense for a lot of people, coming to New York yeah. City is not cheap, especially for yeah. yeah, so I want to put that back in person, but we have found it very valuable to also be online. So okay. that's, not, that's not as much the anxiety. It's really... Yeah the other side yeah and so the other side of the business is serving pregnant people you offer online 
pre- and postnatal classes. You also, for years, have offered them in person in New York, and now the conversation is, how do I do both again and do them both well? Yeah. Okay. Tell me more about what the part of you that's nervous about going back in person. Why? If that part could tell us what's going on, what is it? I think it's more the logistics. Yeah. So I went into a bit of survival mode when we did the first shift and I furloughed pretty much everyone. And I took it, you know me, I'm like an ox. I can just carry it on my back Mm -hmm. and plow forward. And so I took most of the classes on and I, in that way I could keep my expenses low. And so my big concern, I mean, there's so many, it's like, how do I do it back in person? How do I get the students in there? But how do I do the logistics? I don't have the desk staff that I had before. Some of my teachers have moved. Some of them have just retired from teaching. So I have to rebuild the staff. And then I also have to rebuild the desk staff. So it's a lot of pieces. And then the anxiety part as the business owner is my expenses go up because now I'm paying people. So we were able to sustain this really because I just kept the expenses so low by taking everything on. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of anxiety of like, how do I reopen? So it feels like I'm almost back 19 years ago. I can't believe 19 years ago. I've had the studio for almost 19 years, but I was 28 without a family and living two blocks away. And the rent was a lot cheaper back in 2002. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there's a lot of anxiety about the pieces coming back together and the yeah. workload. Yeah. Business feels a bit like a burden. Mm-hmm. I'm also hearing, tell me if I'm right about this, this, assumption or expectation that opening back up, you have to go from zero to 60? Like, no, I mean, I feel no? like I'm doing it slowly. So like we already okay. started one in person. Like how I started the studio the first time, I started like four classes. Mm-hmm. And then I waited for them to be full enough to maybe do like five or six. So I'm going to do the same thing. So okay. we, have, we have two classes in Central Park because we're a block in Central Park, the studio, which is so cool. Um, really and then I have one in person. But even that one, everything's changing. All of a sudden the CDC rules are changing and I just feel like as soon as we make strides and get something set, something changes. Yeah. So I'm tr- I'm going slowly. Okay. So make the case either for me or for yourself or for our listeners yeah. for why reopening the physical space has to happen. <laughs> okay. Oh, one is I've held on the studio this long. I feel crazy for losing all that money of paying for it that whole time, plus walking away from three months security. Mm -hmm. I enjoy teaching people in person. I don't want to be in my basement on Zoom. (laughs) While as beautiful as it is and the nice lighting I have and all my plants, I don't want to be in my basement teaching people online all the time. So I really do generally want to be with people. I do think there's some clout have that mm-hmm. student has by being in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I'd say those are the main reasons. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of work. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, and it sounds like this is the case for you, it's work that's in 
completely worth it because the result is so aligned with your values. And I know that community is real. You just shared your values, right? I know you're, you're savvy about money and you value abundance. You also really value community and connection. Yeah. yeah. And the basement has been working, right? But it's different. I know, I'm up here in my attic. It's a nice attic, right? But I'm in the attic every day. And then the first piece is you also value, I'm going to call it reputation. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but you've worked really hard to establish yourself as the leader in this field and maintaining that is important to you. It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, so what I'm hearing you say is that you have some concerns about the overhead involved in reopening the studio. Yes. Okay. And there aren't... Safety mm -hmm. net though. Like mm -hmm. I got the idle loan and it's just sitting there in a separate account. Mm -hmm. and again, like for having a degree in musical theater and never taking a single economics <laughs> class. Um, I haven't even taken a math class since probably the 10th grade. I am pretty aware of budgeting. Uh -huh. So I, I have that there. Because I knew the reopening, we would be hemorrhaging money. I just don't want to have to use it. Yes. Maybe I'm being silly. Yeah. Or maybe we can just, instead of being completely risk averse, we can just be prudent about it. Right? Now, I just want to check in on one other piece. Is there also a, a concern about like your bandwidth of having the online studio and the in-person studio? Oh, or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to hire more teachers because I do recognize, again, when I started this at 28, one, I was 28, I had a lot of energy. Yeah. And I have two kids now. Yeah. And they, they're young, like seven and nine. That's an age where they're kind of independent, but totally needy at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the two big concerns here are your overhead, money and bandwidth. Yes. Okay. So let's just imagine for a moment something happened in your business for you to feel how do i want to ask you this question i think i want to say what for you deb feels like the best first step to give you a solid sense of footing is it hiring a back a manager is it finding three new teachers like if there was one solid piece that could give you the most relief what do you think that might be I think, you know what it'd be? It would be getting the treatment room. So we have that treatment room that we rent. So that has actually been where I have put some of my energy. Mm -hmm. that I've been trying to reach out. So when I moved to this new space, only in September of, of um, 2019, so not that long before this pandemic, part of my business plan was renting out that space to cover a lot of the rent. Mm -hmm. So what would help is if a part of a good part of my rent could be covered by the treatment room. I'd also like to see a good part of my rent covered by some of the other steps. So what I've told myself, like Deb, you're not, in, I literally have this conversation in my head, Deb, you're not <laughs> in the same place you were 19 years ago because I have the podcast and I have like ad sales. I've got my online courses for passive income. So I'd like to amp that up to know that it's covering a good part of my rent so that I can build slowly. Okay. So you want to know, and let's get as concrete as we can. You don't have to give numbers, but maybe percentages, whatever you're comfortable with. What 
percentage of your rent do you want to know is covered on a monthly basis through renting out the treatment room, consistent online sales, and your online studio? I'd like to see, I mean, the online studio I put, I, I mean, that has been paying for the rent of the studio. So I would say the, the, WAP, the who's afraid the pregnant yogi one and two. Okay. Which for everyone listening, those are Deb's online courses for yoga instructors who don't necessarily want to be certified as prenatal instructors, but they don't want to cause harm to pregnant people in their classes. Okay. Yeah, so I've nicknamed it WAPI, who's afraid of pregnant yogis. <laughs> and then I've got the podcast. I've been starting to get more ads. So I'd like to get 50% between the treatment room being rented out and the podcast and the online courses okay do you have an idea about where you're how close you are to that now not there okay no that's not true so my landlord gave me a break and i'm not sure how much longer that's going to last for mm -hmm. but i would say i'm about 30 percent, 25 percent. so i'm okay. not crazy far off no especially because you haven't rented the treatment room yet well i have one i have one person in there now Okay, so it sounds to me like the next step for you is to fill up, is to rent out the treat room, treatment room to full capacity. Yes. Because the whole conversation here is coming from this feeling of anxiety. So renting out the treatment room could bring you close to that 50%. It could, yes, okay. it really could. Okay, so you do you know what needs to happen in order for the room to be rented out? I have to get practitioners that are ready to come back. Yeah. And I think that is a challenge. I feel like a lot of people are just like, okay, I'm taking my mask off. Am I taking my mask off? I'm taking I know. my mask off. I'm ready to take people on. I'm ready for the expense. So I think I have to find practitioners that are ready to come back mm -hmm. and ready to spend on the overhead. I've been putting feelers out. Uh -huh. um, and I have someone's kind of been dancing around the idea. I haven't been able to get them in there yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so one thing I know about you is that you're very, you're, you have incredible work ethic, you're quite ambitious, and what's a positive way to say impatient? Because I don't mean impatient, but you... No, I'm impatient. Okay, you, but like it works in your favor a lot of times. Yeah. Here's a place where it may not be. Mm. You don't have to open up the in-person studio until it feels graceful. So we could let the timeline be not a date on the calendar, rather when that treatment room is rented. That's a great idea. And that way I'm not disturbing the online what's in place until yeah. the foundation is there. Because it's going to be a lot either to get teachers in there, which is more expensive, Mm -hmm. Or for me, and I can't go in there until my kids are in camp because right now they're in school for four hours a day. It's not enough time. To, I'm one of those, like, we hear all about, like, the mother has the workload during this COVID time. Like, I'm that mother. But, yeah. So I like that idea. I do feel like sometimes I get impatient because, and sometimes this is one reason I've actually tried to pull back on social media a little bit, is sometimes I see what other people do, and then I feel badly that I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I see all these students like, we're open, we're open, we're open. And I think, well, they're great because they probably had people that just stayed with them through Zoom. And then now their doors are open and they're walking back in. My original community I had before this, they've given birth. So yep. 
I sometimes have that comparison situation that doesn't serve me well. In fact, I started recently unfollowing some people right. because they were like, I was giving, they weren't making me like I was allowing it to, mm-hmm. to take my energy. Like I was getting in my head about things and feeling yeah. that way. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. So, yeah. well, it's interesting too, because, um, you don't have an audience in the same way that a yoga studio that serves the general public would have people chomping at the bit to get back in because the people who are going to be coming to your class they weren't like you said they weren't there 14 months ago when they closed so they kind of don't know any better so i would just suggest that you let the rental of the treatment room dictate your timing instead of trying to jam it through and putting yourself in a position where you feel stressed out and totally not present to all of the other responsibilities in your life. That sounds really good. And that's okay. being patient. <laughs> okay, great. And the, or uh, funneling all your impatience into getting the rent covered. <laughs> oh, I totally am. Right? I mean, I already yesterday, one of my tasks, and I love checking things off my task list, was reaching out to the chiropractors I know, the massage therapists, like, everyone even i know they might not be the people like do you know anyone so i'm mm-hmm. starting blowing the horn and great. seeing who i can get okay we're already feeling a little less anxious this is good okay. great okay so once the wheels are in motion around the treatment room yeah what is the next best element to put in place to again help you feel the most grounded in this i think it's to get staffing figured out okay um because i i definitely feel through COVID, i've taken on more than i wanted to and as we're reopening i need to hand some back one of my managers moved to chicago so she's gonna she's been doing a great job online and she can maintain a lot but i need to find someone to be more in the space when i can't be so i think staffing is the next big piece. And is that both desk staff and teachers? Yes, and again, I feel like I'm not going to take, I'm not gonna have as big of a staff originally, teaching wise, mm-hmm. because if I, I feel like I still need to keep a couple of classes just me online. Because mm-hmm. what we're gonna do when we open, we're gonna hybrid it, which is actually what I had done before we closed. I saw this kind of coming. So the hybrid's gonna be, the teacher, probably me or maybe a couple others, teach into the in-studio and the online, but it definitely loses some of the intimacy of the online because we're not communicating as much. So I think I'm going to pare down for the beginning, at least for several, maybe six months, the teaching staff. So we're still really supporting and nurturing the online community and then slowly pulling some teachers back. But I think I'll be doing at least 50% of the classes and I'll and I've had two teachers do this with me and I have at least another or two that said they want to come back so I feel like the okay. teaching staff but it's really that desk staff it's so hard it's, yeah. a, it's a part-time position that doesn't pay a ton mm-hmm. um, and that that's causing anxiety of like who am I going to get in there it's like the babysitter of the studio yes that's what I'm thinking I don't know if the right term is the office manager but bringing in someone who can be in both positions at first, managing operations and actually checking people in at the desk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's imagine we've got the rent covered. 
The next step is going to be, and again, this isn't totally chronological, like you'll start looking for desk staff before you necessarily have the rent covered. But the next step is finding that desk staff person who can help run the studio. Hiring people so hard. <laughs> Tell me why. I love hiring. I know you do. You've got, I, in the past, I've tried to go through, you like have a whole system mm -hmm. of hiring. I find it hard to get someone that is okay with like 10 to 20 hours a week because it's kind of that odd spot. It's not that much and it's good for someone that's a creative, but then, and again, as a former performer, I get it. But then if they're performing, they have auditions, they've got shows, so you lack consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I find it exciting. Yeah, because this is a gig, right? Yeah. Rather than a like a career or a job. Yeah. So maybe there's some space for you to think about. Number one, there are people out there who want to get away from their children for 10 to 20 hours a week. <laughs> right? I know, I'm like, can I apply for the job? <laughs> so like holding space for the perfect person to come in because they do exist. But maybe, Deb, there's some space for you to do some writing or visioning around how can I make this position juicier? How like, is there room to bring on a legitimate studio manager and afford to pay them what it's going to take to actually build this thing quickly and do it well? And that just may not be feasible, but I would explore some of the I would get, instead of exploring where you're blocked, just give yourself permission to say yes to that and see what comes just in, in how you vision the position. Is. I do mm -hmm. think there is that space if I find the right person. A hundred percent. Do that. Yeah. If nothing else, you'd be, you'd be free to go back to the basement and offer a couple more online classes only. Yeah. Right. And bring in that revenue. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like that. Okay. Great. So we're going to put feelers out to f pay the rent. We're also going to let's really lean in to what a full time position would actually look like. And then you can have the conversation with yourself about if you can afford it and when. But let's define that first and yeah. see, see what comes. So I have someone right now, Renee, who's doing about 25 hours a week. And she is fantastic she's or she's a, although she's in chicago she's moved to chicago she's organized she's a graduate of the teacher training so she understands, understands. the whole thing she's incredibly patient since i can be a, a nutcase um but the organization so she's great on that back end so i wouldn't want to take anything from that and then i have someone that's doing like 10 hours who does like the creative part and the three of us work well together so i'm my concern is I don't want to take from those mm -hmm. two that have established well. So do I throw another whole full-time person there or am I just looking for some desk help? I don't know. That's what I wonder. It's if it, my feedback based on what you just shared, which may not be the full picture is what you're actually looking for is desk help. It might just be solid, consistent desk help because I don't even have like another person who's doing like five hours a week and she's doing a great job. I like people that can take direction and then really, and then own it. And I feel yeah. like I found that in a few people, but again, they're all five to 25 hours a week. 
so I don't have that whole 40 hour a week person. Mm-hmm. So I'm, gosh, staffing is so hard. That has honestly been the hardest thing. One of the hardest things in the life of being a studio owner. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, totally. Here's my here's my feedback in terms of an exercise. Yeah. And it may lead you exactly where you're standing right now, okay? I would start with what are all of the tasks or responsibilities in order for us to be in full operation? So we have a list of the duties. And then batch them in terms of what makes sense in terms of like which is for an admin position and which is for Renee, right? So you'd kind of organize them by skill set. Oh, I like that. And then that should clarify one of two things. You may have to make a really hard decision to release someone in order to bring in, have enough hours to bring in a qualified enough person, right? Or it could be something else. But instead of thinking about who do I need, the question I would ask is, what needs to be handled? And we, we first get really clear on the position before looking for the person. Otherwise, we end up with a whole bunch of people who work five or 10 hours doing siloed duties. And then you just end up being air traffic control which can be such a nightmare and that's not where you need to be living in your business. Yeah, that's a great idea. So maybe some of the people that are like five to 10 hours, that job can be a 20 hour and that might be chunky enough for somebody to see a little income and value as opposed to, oh, I need 10 hours a week. You know, that might not be enough. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And then as I make those tasks, I also, one of the assignments I gave myself was what tasks am I doing that I don't need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like one of my things I've noticed is I'm giving away so, so, I'm doing so much that I'm not doing everything I enjoy. Like I really like writing. I really, and I've had a blog forever. And I turned some of those blogs into like little mini social media blogs. and. I enjoy that and I haven't had a chance to do that as much because I'm doing so much of the other little stuff. Okay, great. So yeah, part of that list of what needs to be handled, you get to throw on there the things that you don't want to do anymore. You don't want to do anymore. And also the things that you want to keep and you can be one of the staff members, right? Receiving those assignments. Okay. Going on Canva. I know, Canva. Oh my God, I can get lost on Canva and I tell myself I'm working, right? And yet I'm just like making templates and stuff. Drinking wine, playing on Canva, that's like a beautiful Saturday night, right? (laughs) Okay, so let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll just pick this conversation up and maybe identify the third layer of what you want to focus on in order to feel more grounded. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, 
where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. Okay, Deb. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm feeling like we we have the makings of a plan here. So it sounds like the first step for you to bring the physical yoga studio back is to fill the rent in the treatment room. And we're going to let, rather than the calendar determining when you reopen, we're going to let the money determine when you reopen. Great. Then you've got some work to do around staffing which is just first getting clear on what are the tasks, what are the actual roles, and then who do we need to bring in to fill those roles. All right, so if we added a third layer here, a third next step to help you feel more grounded and secure about coming back, what might that be? Uh, How to get the people in. How do I I reach the, the students? Because I've worked really hard to get the word out universally, but how do mm-hmm. I target it a little bit more? And how do I keep it going universally? So if I'm keeping it online, I guess, how do I keep it abundant? Yeah. Yeah. So what's what worked when you opened the studio last time? Well, it was 2002, and it was a very different. Uh-huh. I mean, did we even have, when did, so, Social media start. I don't even know. I have no idea. Um, how did it, you know, it was so odd. Like I basically hung my shingle. I was renting a small little space out of another yoga studio. And I, I didn't even have a baby. Like, I just don't know how I had what's <laughs> to be like, I'm going to teach you about this. Um, but I did. <laughs> I, just, I, I just started small. I rented a small space. I started one class and it went to like four and then my mm-hmm. small space was taken away and I rented this other space. I just chugged and got the word out there. I hung a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of competition back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. There really, I think that has that had a lot to do with it. There was very little prenatal. Yeah, there's very little prenatal yoga. And I happened to open this I knew in a very family oriented part of New York. So those are those people that don't know that are listening, don't know New York, um, the Upper West Side of New York, in my mind, I always dub like the suburbs of Manhattan because it's very family friendly and it's pretty affluent. So I knew that people had the funds to support something like this as populated. Yeah, so that all worked in my favor. I brochured around, but the real, I think a lot of it was, I didn't have a ton of competition back then. Okay. Okay. So you also, I'm prejudiced. I get it, but you also, you still don't have a lot of competition. There's okay. one prenatal yoga center and you own it. Yes. So just, you can stay in that mindset, right? But I have a couple of suggestions okay. if, if they resonate. The first one is 
Yes, we know that your ideal client for the studio has an expiration date, right? There's this window of time. Is it like a year and a half? Yeah, because usually I get them to stay for post. Yeah, so okay, so it's about a year and a half where they're an ideal client. But those moms who had babies in the last year know other moms who are pregnant now. So the first thing I would do is come up with like a countdown campaign to send to your list to talk about on the podcast and to share on social. And when I say a countdown campaign, I mean, all right, the rent is coming. You've received your first month rent, so you know that's happening. So then you set the date and it's 30 days from that day. And then you start talking about it's we're 30 days away, right? We're 28 days away. We're 14 days away on uh, all of those platforms, inviting your list who have two-year-olds now to forward the announcement to a pregnant person they adore. Writing this down. Countdown. A word. Okay. So inside the Six Figure Coach Club training, it's in the content amplifier. There's, it's, I call it the flash sale protocol. And it would be a version of that where, and you can model the templates in there where you make a big announcement. It's time sensitive, right? And you're creating a lot of buzz around this uh, reopening date and enrolling your audience in the cause. So instead of just saying, we're reopening, it's we're reopening and our goal is to fill our first two classes to capacity. Here's where you come in. Think of one to three pregnant people you adore and forward this announcement to them. On Instagram, tag a pregnant person you adore. So really getting them invested in a successful reopening. Oh, I love that. Okay, this is in con. I wrote this down. The content amplifier. So I'll go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's inside the content amplifier. The training is called the flash sale protocol. And you'll ha you'll get in there, and it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but you'll be able to make the adjustments. Perfect. Yeah. All right, this is good. That would be my suggestion. You've built a following. The, your following may not be perfect students for the studio right now, but let's trust that they know perfect students for the studio right now. That makes me feel a lot better. Okay, or I can feel like the anxiety dropping mm -hmm. because I've mm -hmm. been living in this state of like, my nervous system is like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Yeah, and I really get how easily it would feel like you're starting from scratch because you don't actually have people banging on the door waiting to come back to their favorite yoga class, Yeah, right? In the same way that other studios do, but you have a huge community of students whose lives you've impacted and they are reminded of that every time they look at their kids, hmm. right? And so you can enroll them in celebrating the work that you do yeah. much more easily than someone who just has a yoga studio. Hey, that reminds me of when I did, when I was changing studio locations and I was doing that yeah. with the iFund women or whatever that was. I was so touched by people that I hadn't seen in class in years. And it wasn't just here, pass this on. They were contributing money. Yes. <laughs> and and it really, yeah, so I have to remind myself, and it, it, I feel so humbled to realize that some, this work has touched them. Like, yeah. 
That's mm-hmm. why I do it. I mean, I just got an email the other day from a student. It was her second time with us. And the words she was saying about how she found power in herself and how in the, like, normally she's a people pleaser, but she trusted herself through the work that we did together. Like she trusted to take ownership. And, and I love that. So I, I forget that sometimes I get so involved with like the businessy part. Yeah. I forget the power that this can have. Yes. And the lasting, the lasting power. So as a final note here, okay, so we're going to do a a countdown campaign. We know we'll set the date for the reopening shebang, right? And there's no shebang. It's just a full studio. That is the shebang. (laughs) I don't want you to think you have to throw a big party now, right? No, no. Um, (laughs) And you can follow the flash sale protocol, but you can also go back to that fundraising campaign you very successfully ran when you moved studios and model what you did there so well to create a cause. Okay, yeah. I mean, you and I wrote out a lot of the copies, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, okay, and I just want to say for our listeners, this is especially effective when we get really concrete and specific about the goal. So, Deb, instead of saying, we're open, come take a class, it's, we open on this date. Our goal is 20 students. Like, we have one class, but it's not... Officially, right? We officially open. Ah, okay. More than Mm -hmm. one class. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or even, we're celebrating our reopening on this date. that sounds good. I like that. Right. We're celebrating. But the more concrete, so we get concrete about the date, we get concrete about how many students enrolled in class makes it successful, and really concrete and specific about how people can support you, right? You can support us by, number one, sharing this post, tagging three three pregnant friends (laughs) in New York on this post, forwarding this email to a pregnant person you adore. If we don't get explicit about our call to action, we actually make it hard for the people who want to support you to actually do so. Yes. Oh, this makes so much sense. It's like when you were talking to me in the past about like partnerships, like you give them exactly, make it easy for them. Here's the copy. Here's the pick. Like this is the same thing. Yeah. Make it easy, be concrete. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. Feed them what I need them to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. part of me is like I've, I often hear your voice in my head, and yet I still forget some of these things. Okay. We just get so in the weeds of the day-to-day of our business, right? Yeah. Okay. This is really exciting because I also know you have a pretty good retention rate. You like someone take, You have a whole system once someone takes a class to yeah, keep I've them coming back. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, All right. Work on the funnel very well. So we've got it here. Step one, get the treatment room rented. Step two, get really clear on the necessary staffing roles to fill. Step three, once the date is set for your celebration, we're going to just enlist your fans, right? Your community in spreading the word. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. I feel better and I'm excited because we have a team meeting every Monday. So I'm going to write out my notes a little clearer than what the chicken scratches I have. And now I have a plan. So now I'm not just like flailing of anxiety of like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Yeah. Okay. So then once these three steps are done, the next question to ask yourself is, what is the best next step to help me feel even more grounded in this? So we're just 
we have tunnel vision, right? One layer at a time to keep that anxiety at bay. Yeah. I think once it's up and running, really it's about handing it back. So before mm -hmm. all this, I had a manager and yeah. I liked, I really liked being just the director. Like I love doing the podcast. Like I want to go back to the creative part mm -hmm. of being the director, not the manager. And mm -hmm. then I'll feel, yeah, once it's running smoothly, kind of a little locomotive running forward, then I think I'll feel a little bit a little bit more grounded and better but we it's have the steps best. to get there it's gonna i think it could be a little bumpy but we've, we've got the steps and i have you know more online courses i want to do so <laughs> yeah yeah you've got other things you want to create so yeah well i really appreciate you coming on the show and for our listeners whether you're faced with the same issue of I had a yoga studio that I need to reopen or you just have anxiety in your business in some way this formula that Deb and I walk through can help you as well great thanks Deb let us know how it goes well, thank you. you're welcome thanks for tuning in to the six figure coach podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate and review the show that's really the best way to show your support now if your goal is to build a six-figure coaching business and you need a simple system to get there i would love to invite you to join us inside the six-figure coach club i'm so proud of the community we've built there plus the mentorship and training you'll receive is truly unmatched now the first step to joining us is to actually watch the coach class that way you can see how my approach to six figures can work for your business and from there you can apply to join us inside the club so go to watchthecoachclass.com now to learn more about how i can help you reach your business goals inside the six figure coach club thanks again for tuning in and i'll see you next week <music>